Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to the week ahead. And something that we've been talking lately on the show, we've had some guest mentors on talking about AI, uh, at artificial intelligence. And we've had some good ideas on perhaps where we can be leveraging in finance, but when it comes to maximizing the returns from it, the evidence really hasn't been overwhelming in its favor. It tends to be focused on uh, delivering returns on operational activities as opposed to driving the strategic agenda. And I think it's, particularly within finance, maybe we're guilty, as the futurist Roy Amara says, of maybe overstating its impact in the short term and underestimating its impact in the longer run as we chase all these shiny objects and various AI tools in our areas. So I actually attended a seminar during the week on maximizing return on AI initiatives. And interestingly enough, the speakers are quite well known. They were saying that primarily the, the main obstacle isn't a technical one, but it's actually defining a path to value delivery. And that's where our finance teams can play a huge role in helping get a clearer sense of what that path is to value delivery. I don't think we should be frightened that our jobs are going to be taken over by AI. As one of our recent guests, Gordon, said, he's a CFO at a software company, he was saying that you know, AI helps with our optionality. It's not making the decisions for us. It's just helping us figure out potential ranges or, or options for those decisions, which is the highest level of value we can be offering our organizations, particularly how we can go capture that value. And another thing was that culture is, is really important for consideration when it comes to driving uh, return on AI initiatives. I think uh, Peter Drucker had that saying that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Definitely those doing the presenting seem to enforce that. What they also shared was a really neat sort of way of thinking about maximizing returns. They broke it down into three decision areas and, and three catalysts. I'll go through those quickly for you. The first one is the strategic intent for AI. So they use the example of Starbucks and essentially Starbucks has called out its AI initiative called Deep Brew. It's quite strategic for them. They, they use Deep Brew to help them drive more convenience, brand engagement, enhance digital relationships through mobile, encouraging loyalty and continually building on their digital capabilities, as well as doing some more operational tasks like simplifying administrative duties within stores. And actually that sort of second area, simplifying administrative duties, we're seeing a lot more of that in accounting and finance. We've got a smart, I think smart invoicing now or smart accounts payable, where invoices will come in and the artificial intelligence would have learned to code the invoices to the right places. And likewise, maybe more strategic levels, looking at our pricing operations and seeing how approvers are approving various different price points on, on large deals, say, and then mimicking those and not necessarily making the decisions, but in effect, those proposed decisions then get batched up together for a finance professional to review before releasing them. So there's loads of areas for strategic intent and then I suppose once the intent there, the second decision was the AI money map. So trying to link attractive opportunities where artificial intelligence can be used on the operational areas we discussed there or strategic ones, like we mentioned the Starbucks, and what value they might drive. So linking the AI to the value pool. That's a ready-made role for us in finance and accounting is helping plot that path. 
And if we're the ones plotting that path and figuring out how to best use that technology, I think that's quite a, a strong role, a meaningful role to have into the future as AI becomes more prominent. It allows us to tell the right uh, stories and messages around it and dress it up for any executive sponsors and also allows us to maybe review some business cases and give our stamp of approval to them. And I think that was the third area of the decisions that they were talking about is having that return on AI investment governance process. How do you keep score? Who gives the independent review and what value the results have driven? And so again, I think our historical skills and capabilities developed from tracking the success around performance and initiatives could be very strong here as well. And then in terms of those initiatives and perhaps the three catalysts they were saying would help drive them is the first one, this idea of analytical quotient comes back to that, that idea of culture, right? It's that ability to shape the smaller subcultures is what I think they were saying. So there was that awareness to capture value locally. And again, in our conversations with stakeholders, we're very good at joining up the dots when we're having those and understanding what their haves and wants are. So if we find a gap between something that they want versus what they have, AI might be able to plug that gap with the appropriate attention and investment. So it's just being in tune to where AI could be useful, particularly where we're doing areas of analysis already with stakeholders. Also, a really cool idea, and a lot of finance teams have already made progress on this, is, is just having analytical ready data now. That was the second catalyst. So we have access to data. We've skills in knowing how to use the data. So rather than having to go and collect and build all new data sets to enable this AI to start with what we have, and then maybe over time we build to it, but start with current use cases and start enabling capabilities, which was the next catalyst. It's about having personnel trained in these technologies or have the right technology stack around AI. And again, when you start beginning that enabling process, when you, you have that analytics ready data, you can start going after the lower hanging fruit, the lower risk investments, start bootstrapping those and, and combining those together. And then once you've done them in one place, it's easy to scale it. And again, that's why you're finding very similar AI solutions being applied to accounts payable, just as uh, at an operational level in finance and accounting, all, and also to pricing and commercial finance teams who may be perhaps operating at a more strategic level in terms of having AI do the governance approvals. And as I say, when they're doing them, it's only proposing what they should do. It just speeds them up having to click through individual pricing requests to approve. It gives them a summary of what it believes they should do or the next course of action they should take. So you get from working on small things to scaling across many. And as that competence builds up, the thinking is that the AI use cases will become much more strategic over time. So as much as it might appear at the moment of finance and accounting, AI is coming in and, and maybe taking some operational type jobs and, and all, particularly from an automation perspective. In the longer run, the thinking is the agenda will move much more strategic and human beings will be required to interpret what AI is turning out so that organizations are making better, more sustainable, profitable decisions. And that's why we bring guest mentors onto the Strength in the Numbers show to share with you where they're making progress or investments in AI, how it's turning out for them, the lessons they're learning, maybe the rat holes they're going down, and perhaps we could also avoid to save us time in our journeys, particularly in our careers, or when we're trying to explore what to do or the benefits of AI and how we can leverage it to maximize the return on AI initiatives. So look, hope you found this episode useful. If you did, please remember to share it with your friends and colleagues. 
on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And as always, really appreciate you tuning in today. So until the next time, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers. Thank you.